if we do end up lagging, if it, things get disconnected, just hop back on and we'll try again. <laughs> but we'll, we'll try to figure it out. Um, let's see where we're at. Okay, so you will you will add me to the Florida Nation class? Yes, um, I've got that on my notes. Awesome. Just a second, but I will do that right after class. Okay, awesome, thank you. Um, and just for anyone wanting to join that, that's this Saturday, 10.30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time is when we're gonna do that first somewhat of a book club on forward donations chapters one through 17 although i'm pretty sure we'll get sidetracked on chapter 17 for most of the time it's quite a in-depth one um you send out reminders for that i haven't but i definitely can anybody that's reading it all text out a reminder i'll put that on my to-do list as well Um, let's Just so you all know the Caribbean was really nice this past week. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so fun. All right. Um, but I missed you. I missed you all. <laughs> yep, for sure. All right. Let's go ahead and get started. Um, Becky, would you offer us a opening prayer? Yeah, sure thing. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for this day and we are grateful to be able to meet together today and discuss the words of thy living prophet. We ask that our hearts will be open, that we will be able to hear thy will for us, that we may know what steps we are supposed to be taking in our own lives to get closer to thee. We invite thy spirit to be here with us this evening and ask again that thou wilt open our hearts and minds. And we say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. So for today, we're talking about uh, chapter 12 in, in the book of Nelson, sisters participation in the gathering of Israel. And so this is quite a fun one. Um, uh, lots of different <laughs> interesting things as they uh, play out. It, as I'm going back, I'm realizing how much of like the timeline of, of President Nelson I kind of had a little bit off or anyway, it was just so insightful looking at these talks in context, especially with the rear view perspective that we have now, right? Uh, looking back and seeing how prophetic many of these things are in their timing. Um, but what kind of things were, were standing out to you as, as you read this talk of sisters' participation here? I'm sorry, can you ask that question one more time? Uh -huh, yeah, so just opening it up kind of for this, this whole talk, like what was standing out to you? Um, what uh, kind of insights as you were reading it were... Um, we're just kind of fun to, to go back and, and revisit. Verse 26. Mm -hmm. His pre, uh, he will teach you how to draw upon his priesthood power, which you have been endowed in his temple. That I, I'm pretty sure when I first heard that, I, it didn't really mean much, but after reading Triumph of Zion, 
I have a completely different perspective on that sentence. So mm -hmm. I loved reading that. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. I, I caught that this time. Very <laughs> <laughs> cool. I like chapter or chapter verse 10. I'll urge you with all the hope of my heart to pray to understand your spiritual gifts, to cultivate, use, and expand them even more than you ever have. You will change the world as you do so. Yeah. I loved that one too. Yeah. Like this talk per capita has like the most like blessings and, and things in it. it. I mean, themes. I haven't like actually went through and, and counted them, but um, just studying the other talks from this general conference, I don't know. He is just issuing so many blessings to the sisters in here and in prophetic um, foresight and stuff. You will change the world as you do so. Uh, I think that that's just so cool. And isn't it interesting with kind of like an Isaiah perspective as well, going through this talk, um, like verse 32 really stood out to me as he's uh, closing and, and blessing, bless you with the ability to leave the world behind as you assist in this crucial and urgent work. Because uh, this whole thing is about gathering Israel and uh, how sisters can participate in that. You know, sometimes we, we kind of focus on the, the four different invitations that he offers, but um, ultimately, this is a prophetic plea about leaving Babylon so that we can gather Israel. Mm -hmm. So and I have a couple other ones. In 23 at the end, I promise, so he's given the commission to read the Book of Mormon by the end of the year. And he says, I promise that the heavens will open for you and the Lord will bless you with increased inspiration and revelation. I love that. Yeah. And then also, I just want to testify in verse 24. Then be intentional of talking of Christ, rejoicing in Christ, preaching of Christ with your families and friends. I, um, so when I broke my arm last May, I just felt very, very blessed. And I just testified of Christ so much to just anyone and everyone, random people that would talk to me about my arm, my neighbor, it opened up a door with, I saw so many blessings come from testifying of Christ more than I did before. And then, um, oh, a few weeks ago, we had a little ice storm not this past one, but another one. And a friend and I went out to dinner and we had a hard time finding a place, but we were walking out and a lady was calling to her husband standing in line. And I called him for, her, and then we started talking and she was telling us how they spun out on the ice and, and how they got out and somebody helped them. And I just had decided I need to start like testifying, like recognizing, praising Christ more. And I did. And we got in the car and my friend said, she's a member of the church. She goes, I loved that you did that to that lady. And I just finished reading a book called An LDS Approach to Energy Healing that was written in 2017 or 18. I don't know how I got it. I ordered it, but I don't know why. 
but I just finished reading it. And one of the things she talked about was something called the praise principle and how you need to praise Christ more. And I'm like, why don't we do that? We do not do that. Like we hold our feelings of Christ so tight. Like we're playing poker or something. I don't know. I don't play poker, but you know, like we don't want anyone to see our hand and we don't share any feelings of Christ. And that's been something that I've just really been working on is testifying of Christ more. And often when something will happen, I'll say, Oh, thank you, heavenly father. But often I'm alone, but I want to be able to do it when I'm not just alone and just do it, not just do it internally, but, but recognize and testify of Christ more. Mm-hmm. I love that, Alethea. I was in Atlanta. I was, uh, I took a murder, medical emergency prep course last week in Atlanta um, with the Patriot nurse. Oh, yeah. Up. It was amazing. Uh, very empowering. Um, but, you know, I was in the Bible Belt, and I've really never spent much time with uh, in that area of the country. Like, I have a, a little bit in Florida, but they are it was amazing they're patriots they're they know this is the end of times Mm -hmm, they do they they know the old testament prophets i i told them about isaiah institute because they had never heard of that and um they openly talk about how god has blessed their lives and it was so wonderful to be with them and to hear them they um, the teacher, her name is Rachel, the Patriot nurse. She's very um, faithful. I don't know what religion she practices, but her best friend is a member of the church. Oh, really? And she knows a lot about the church. <laughs> she knows that we don't go by Mormon anymore. She's like, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> and um, she knows a lot. And she talked quite a bit throughout the all four days about how God created a pharmacy on the planet herbs are his pharmacy and it's all there for us we just have to learn how to use it and all we have to do is support our bodies God created this divine system I mean she just talked about that so much and it was just I just thought these people are amazing they're not afraid at all mm-hmm. to express their faith and you know, pray in a restaurant before they eat. And it was just so much, so much fun to be with them. So it's interesting that you mentioned that tonight. And that's because that's been on my mind too, that just we just talk about Christ because it's people actually usually don't, hey, I'll pray for you. They love that. They they like to know that you're praying for them. And anyway. Just to add to your thoughts, that was um, an interesting experience I had. I had a cool experience yesterday um, that kind of had to do with this too. Um, I sub at the high school and I actually sub quite a bit over there at the high school. And I was, I was subbing a class. Actually, when I sub, I work on my seminary lessons a lot because I just give the kids their assignment and then I just sit there. <laughs> for the rest of the, of the hour doing nothing. So I, I work on my seminary lessons a lot during that time. And usually I don't bring my scriptures. I just have my lesson and then I look at my scriptures on my phone. 
but I, I've been kind of feeling lately that I just need to bring my scriptures because I really like to use my actual scriptures to, to study my lessons. And so I was at school and I had my scriptures out and, you know, while the kids were working and studying my lesson. And then after when the class was ending, one of the girls uh, was talking to me and she said, yeah, I try and decide what I want to do after school today. I can do this or this or this. And she said, or I could, or I could study my Bible. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that sounds like a good option. She's like, yeah, I'd love to study my Bible. I'm in Genesis right now. And I thought, and I said to her, wow, so am I. I'm in Genesis right now too. I'm really enjoying Genesis, you know, and we had a little conversation about that. And she's, She's not a member of the church. There's, there's only a few kids in the school that are members of the church. So that was really, really fun to, you know, I kind of followed a prompting not to be, not to feel funny about having my scriptures there at school and having them open on the desk. And um, I think that kind of opened the door to, you know, that it's okay. It's okay. We yeah. can talk about those things. So that was really fun. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I love that. I just, I just testify that as we do that, I have just experienced so many doors opening in so many different ways. And I think the more we do that, the, the more we are blessed and we're the church of Jesus Christ. Why don't we ever talk about them? <laughs> we hardly even talk about them at church. And so like going back to that verse there, verse 24, you and they will be drawn closer to the Savior through this process and changes, even miracles will begin to happen. Yeah. Now, those are some powerful promises. As we, we start to do that, we can we can definitely see those in, in all of those stories right there. Yeah. Because we, we need miracles today, don't we? I mean, we're, <laughs> some say that the days of miracles have ended and we're in, in the, the throes of it, but uh, no, he, he wants to bless us. He wants to provide those miracles and uh, he can do so as we um, just rejoice and, and talk about him. I also want to testify that as we recognize the miracles, like we, as we give credit to the Lord for even the smallest of things that have happened, then we recognize miracles because we think we don't have them. But if we spend the time, you know, just when anything little happens that we give him credit for that, then we begin to see how many miracles and blessings we receive every day that we're not aware of. And then I really believe it's even more than that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And especially it kind of alludes to, in the future when he gives that video, the healing power of gratitude um, and recognizing all of the many things and how that gratitude can actually heal us and provide those type of miracles in, in our lives. Yeah. So not to put anybody on the spot, but as you uh, listen to this talk for the first time, and we're able to uh, implement these four suggestions. What blessings did you notice at the time? And 
uh, you know, by extension, what blessings do you now see that flowed from this exercise as you were able to do it? I know that I tried to do it as well. It wasn't, you know, necessarily directed at me at the time, but uh, I definitely took my 10 day fast from social media and temple and scripture study and all of that. Anyway, just kind of throwing that out. What kind of experiences did you have at the time or even uh, in retrospect, looking back that you can see flowed from this? I Can I just uh, talk about point number two about reading the Book of Mormon? Um, I will save some of them. I just do a... Um, a missionary copy, or I, I got one of the ones, that, I don't know, it's a, it's like a wide margin one. And it is still my favorite um, Book Mormon that I've ever done, and I've ever highlighted or annotated. And whenever I am um, needing anything, of a spiritual nature, I will go out pull out that book and just open it up anywhere and read. And um, the love that I felt for him, because we're supposed to underline anything that had to do with Christ, just comes pouring out of those pages wherever it is that I am. And it brings me back to those same feelings that I had as I was reading it. And it was um, one of this best spiritual ongoing spiritual experiences of my life and um what a tender mercy that is to be able to you know tap into that whenever we whenever we want and i'm so i'm, I'm so grateful that he asked us to do that for that and, and other reasons yeah that's so fun I know on that, that same challenge too, I loved that challenge so much. I, just reading the Book of Mormon, that was, that was so wonderful. And I think the thing that I got out of it was, I mean, I had a testimony of the Book of Mormon before, but <clears throat> I think it just strengthened my testimony of the Book of Mormon so much just to see really how much it talked to, about Christ. I think I just personally hadn't realized how much it does testify of Christ. It was just amazing to me and very eye-opening. And I loved it. I loved that challenge so much. Mm -hmm. That was very impactful for me too. Love it. Yeah. And Becky? Um, I had been dealing with some incorrect thought patterns slash uh, they weren't really my thoughts, I guess maybe it was adversarial attacks for a long time. Um, and that was the first time I had a glimmer of hope. It like, I was thinking, oh my goodness, I'm not thinking these things that I haven't been able to give to the savior and get rid of. But once I opened up my heart and filled it with him and the book of Mormon, just focusing on him, it, it really, made all the difference it really did mm -hmm. i love that any other um uh kind of looking back and uh, remembering the blessings that flowed from this talk as you implemented any of the four or uh you know with retrospect seeing kind of the the long game patterns that that came about 
I know for me, the the social media one was was huge. I had never even thought to take a break from social media or anything. Uh, that was kind of my my first thing or whatever. And the first couple of days were like super hard, and then then it got easier. But then I think it broke me because <laughs> I've never really wanted to go back necessarily. You know, I, I dabbled back and forth in in different things, but um, it it's amazing the the effect that social media can have on us in a in a negative spiral when we're there too much right i mean it, it has its pros and cons i'm not trying to like diss it completely i mean there's lots of missionary work and everything that can can happen there but it was just interesting that 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 was one of, of four invitations i mean he could have selected a thousand different things but temple attendance scripture study what was the fourth one again oh yeah uh, be fully involved in a relief society and social media this social media fast is is right up there with with some of the the great invitations uh and i i just thought that that was so powerful and i can definitely see long term how that's affected my life and my trajectory um anyway i i just loved that particular one i love that one too cameron um the I think the line that I love out of there the most is taking a break from perspectives of the world that have been wounding your soul. And honestly, to tell you the truth, I still think about that, that mm -hmm. same line, even now, you know, if I get on too much or if I see, you know, watch some things, I mean, there's so many things going on in the world, <laughs> you know, you watch the news or whatever. I mean, I don't really watch the news that much, but you know, you, you see, things that are going on and I think about thing you know how is this wounding my soul and wounding my spirit and and so I love that that thought of trying to stay away from things that are going to wound your spirit I think that's so important yeah I love it I um this social media fast at the time what this was 2018 and I don't think I thought about it much until he mentioned it and it made me realize how much I actually got on social media I guess I hadn't really thought about it very much I do I mean I have I do a lot of business you know through social media so I get on for that but I've definitely decreased my um, social scrolling, I guess I could say, you know, like since that time, I don't spend as long um, on it, but I do, I mean, I use it for my business, so I, I got to get on there, but I, it just brought to, to my awareness um, how much time I could spend on there, so that was um, pretty, that was pretty big for me. And I also loved reading the Book of Mormon and highlighting all the mentions of the Savior and God. That was, that was a really cool experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. Um, I was also, oh shoot, okay, verse 30. Um, I was also struck by it in the second sentence. I urge you to study the current Relief Society 
purpose statement. That word urge, right? That's been in the forefront and talked a lot about lately with his urging of the vaccine, right? And I just, I thought that was interesting. I'm like, oh, there was an urging before the urging. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that I've heard the Relief Society, you know, um, statement, but I haven't really studied it. So I need to do that. Yeah, for sure. I thought I had it pulled up, but I cannot find it anymore. I must have exited out of it. But anyway, yeah, I was just reading it again before class and I was like, huh, sometimes I, you know, not being in Relief Society, I kind of forget that, that there's a purpose statement and that that declaration that. Um, Actually, I didn't really know there was a purpose statement. It's not something like the young women have one. Uh-huh. It's not, out, right. I mean, it's a, a big part of uh, mm-hmm. that, but Relief Society, I don't know. No, I'll, you know, kind of the, the mission, let's see the, the logo, the motto, I guess it's the motto, charity never faileth. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, yeah, we don't really do much with that. Um, I did, I sent, my husband hasn't been sustained yet. He just got his counselors called, but he's going to be the elders quorum president. And I said, oh, these two are for you. Verse 12, um, in the middle, when you are truly ministering, you follow your feelings to help someone else experience more of the Savior's love. You know, and I told him, I go, I know, I know the priest is going to say, we don't really have feelings. You know, <laughs> he's like, nope, give me a checklist. And I'm like, well, your checklist is, have I helped someone else feel the Savior's love? Right. Mm-hmm. So that one, and then right next to it, verse 17 at the bottom, the last sentence, um, these brethren can now create stronger fraternal linkages, learn together and bless others more effectively because they uh, reorganized the, the Melchizedek priesthood and made it more like Relief Society, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting because really when you think about uh, the priesthood organization. Um, there's not a fraternal linkage. They don't really learn together. Cameron, who else is on here? That's male. You women know that your husband's always complain because, well, so-and-so didn't show up to teach the lesson or I didn't have time. So I'm just going to read it here today. Right? So how do you learn together? And then the last one is bless others more effectively. And Wow, I think the brethren are really missing out on on a lot of blessings because they don't take the time to bless others effectively. That's the operating word, right? Effectively. But those aren't just for the brothers either, right? Those are for the sisters too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting that all of that, I mean, that crucial stuff is in a talk to the sisters. And I was like, there's some powerful things there being said. Well, that said, remember in the priesthood talk he gave, he, he mentioned the sisters too, and, and said, you're living far below your privilege. So I use that opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And, um, which verse was it where he said that, um, these two keys, oh, it's verse 11 there. Yeah. Um, So let me give you a little background on two of the major announcements made. You, my dear sisters, were key to each. Uh, I found that very insightful. Uh, Going back and reading those words of how 
the sisters were key in those those two major announcements and you know of many more to come too but um anyway it, it just hit me with in a new light this time going back and and reading them mm, i'm i'll go ahead cindy oh i just had some thoughts about that same thing too because that verse 11 plus verse 14 when it said but but when you sensed that a sister you visit taught needed help you responded immediately and then throughout the month Thus, it was how you visit taught that inspired our upward shift to ministering. And I just remember, um, I'm not right now, but I remember when this talk was given, I was Stake Relief Society president. And I remember the sisters struggled so much with the change. They're like, we, we just don't even know what to do now. What are we supposed to do? And, and it was almost like they completely stopped doing everything because they didn't know what to do. And, you know, we kept telling them, just, just keep doing what you were doing. You were doing great, you know? And, and this, I, I hadn't really looked at it this way before, but I mean, that's exactly what they did is they modeled it after what the sisters were already doing. And, and so, you know, it was funny that so many just got so flustered and were like, I, I don't know what to do now. So I'm just not going to do anything when they just needed to keep doing what they were doing because they were doing great. Pretty mm -hmm. much changes were just in the reporting and how we reported it, but yeah so, anyway i thought that was very interesting mm -hmm. i don't remember what we were talking about when this announcement was made my husband and i but i said something about you guys could just be more like the women and then he made this announcement for the priesthood and i'm like see and now he's modeling after you as a relief society that's exactly what he wants you to do be more like the women nope. <laughs> um i also loved verse nine her, um, speaking about Eve and the fall, her wise and courageous choice and Adam's supporting decision move God's plan of happiness forward. So I love, I love his description of Eve being wise and courageous, but I also felt like it was kind of a model for marriage, maybe, um, that Adam supported her. And I'm not saying that women are always right and men, husbands should support their wives. I think it goes both directions, right? Um, supporting one another and their decision to move um, towards God's plan of happiness. You know, whatever is right, righteous, we should be moving towards. And sometimes one of us is floundering or sometimes one of us doesn't have the full picture or the understanding and we can gently help move the other one along and then supporting in that moving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which then makes it possible for each of us, you know, to prove that we would choose to stand up for Jesus Christ now, because I love that last part of it, that we would choose to stand up for Jesus Christ now just as we did pre-mortally. So anyway. Yeah, I love that. It, it really does come back to Adam and Eve like all the time as we were studying Genesis this year with, with Come Follow Me and everything. I, just everything is that pattern. They provided the pattern in all things. And, and here, I, I think it's just super crucial that he is um, pointing us in, in that direction as well with 
with these changes with uh, the gathering Israel and everything, because that was definitely at the heart of it there. My daughter called me yesterday or the day before, and she was telling me, she, oh, Mom, I must have been the day before because she'd gone to the temple. She goes, Mom, Mom, I learned so much. And she's telling me all this stuff. And then she's talking about Adam and Eve. And then she goes, Mom, do you think her name really was Eve? <laughs> no, I think that's more of a title. Really? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so cool, Mom. <laughs> yeah i love how he talks about glorious how do you say glorious eve mm -hmm. my neighbor and glorious, i were walking. Glorious, oh, sorry. glorious mother eve with her far-reaching vision mm -hmm. yeah it really is a pattern it's just i've been learning a lot about that too lately it's amazing my neighbor and I were walking the other day and she goes to church of Christ and we walk the hallway at the church. It goes in a loop around the whole building. And, um, I said, we, this was a few weeks back. We kind of think about Eve a little different than a lot of people do. We really, you know, praise her and lift her up. And, you know, I can't remember all I said, but you guys kind of know what I would have said. And, um, she goes, you know, in all my Bible studies, I speak up and I go, I think Eve's getting a bad rap and everyone just kind of looks at me. She goes, but I think kind of like you do, I think she did what she was supposed to do. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> then she said, I need my leaves raked and I can't get it done. Her husband has cancer and she has three kids, two kids still at home. And they've got, they adopted their kids and the mom was a drug addict prostitute. And so they've got a lot of issues. And, um, and so I said, you know, the missionaries could come help you. <gasps> That'd be wonderful. So they've been over there. Like she has a half acre. We all have a half acre with tons of trees. And um, so she's been getting to know the missionaries the last few days. They're going to go over tomorrow, the third day and finish up. So just keep praying little by little. She'll feel the spirit and and whatever, and be able to be brought to Christ a little bit more and receive the ordinances. So the covenants. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> it's just so interesting how how Eve gets interpreted so many different ways throughout throughout everyone, um, you know, regardless of, of religion, even that sometimes it's, it's such a bad rap and how comforting it is. Uh, kind of growing up in the church, like I've always looked at Eve in, in a good positive way. I didn't know anybody who didn't until I went on my mission. I was like, oh no, no, I defend that woman. Like she, she did amazing things. Of course she was uh, inspired to, to do that. And anyway, it's just kind of interesting, all the different perspectives, because we have truth and then Satan tries to, to implement his counterfeit pattern. Right. And um, he, he definitely attacks them. I remember what my neighbor and I were talking about. She keeps talking about how the Bible talks about how women should be submissive. And that just really doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> we can be respectful, right? And we can all be respectful of each other, but I don't. Oh, and I'm just so grateful for modern revelation. And I don't always know how to say things to her because it's like, 
but the Joseph Smith translation, but if we read in Abraham or Moses or wherever, you know, and the Pearl of Great Price, you know, and it's like, ah, you know, but when you go to the temple and I can't say any of that. So. <laughs> For sure. But it's open, you know, it's just helped me realize even more because I served my mission in Salt Lake. So that was kind of interesting. You know, a lot of people already knew our beliefs, even if they weren't members. And so I didn't have the same experience as you, Cameron. Um, and then I was also on Temple Square bef before it was a mission. And so that was, yeah, but um, I, yeah, I just didn't have the same experiences where I got to know what other people were thinking as much. And now it's like, I really am grateful for, you know, latter day revelation and, um, and prophets that help us understand. So <gasps> praise Jesus. <laughs> yes. Testify sister testify. <laughs> Those are the miracles. Yeah, those are the miracles though right that we have mm -hmm. those and we have that knowledge and it keeps us yes. from living even further below our privilege mm -hmm. yeah, for, sure. for sure so i wanted to jump in um this is glenn um i i've then thought i thought a lot about uh, the adam and eve thing and how how that whole situation it's really interesting i don't know if you guys um in the temple when they were the new the new movies came out and they were live instead of just the pictures now but um the facial expressions that that eve would have in some of those different videos really told a different story sometimes i think and, and it was really interesting to see those facial expressions and their different ideas and it made me think that eve really understood the plan of salvation and she did what she did because she understood the plan of salvation and she needed to know what happened. Now, I'm, I'm just it's a little speculation. I'm sure there's some, something to that as well, but I've always thought that and uh, how uh, especially me uh, <laughs> needs to uh, listen to my wife quite a bit more often, you know, and, uh, and then this, this talk a lot about that. I'm announcing for sure, right? Um, sorry. Um, that last sentence or whatever got and caught muffled sounded like your fingers over the microphone or something. Oh yeah. Just, just that I need to listen to my wife more often. Right. Because it's, you know, it's trust me, a whole lot closer to, to the spirit than I am. Right. She's shaking her head. No, but that's a lot. So, <laughs> anyway, just the thought, the whole thought of, of Eve knowing really kind of understanding the plan of salvation and, and the purpose of the fall. So kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, that was one of the things that, that really stood out to me, especially in, um, uh, it was film C and D, uh, more so film C or whatever, where Eve is just like looking to heaven for her answers rather than, um, you know, just her, her conversation there with Satan, right? And I don't know, it was just so impactful watching those, uh, those videos you know I, I get the whole reason for for changing and uh, going to the still motion and stuff with the languages but uh, I, I really loved uh, watching all of those those different ones there like you said so I just want to speak to Eve kind of knowing I don't know how much she knew 
but there's things that happen and I just have this innate belief and I don't know where it came from. And I think it's maybe that things that we each prepared for in the pre-existence. Some of us all have some of the same thoughts, but others of us were prepared for specific things that we're going to go through. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, I don't know, I don't know if you guys have felt it, but I just feel like there were things that I was prepared and taught to help me here. And I wonder if Eve was that way, you know, like there were things she was prepared and taught and it just kind of rang a bell with her. And she's like, Hmm, now I'm going to tell you this. And then I'm going to tell you something else. I looked up the word beguiled one time. It said to cause to think deeply. Mm-hmm. I have gone back and looked and looked, and I cannot find that definition. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I've that, heard that before. You have? Yeah, I don't remember exactly where it's at or whatever, but yeah, I, I remember hearing that. Beguiled to think deeply. Yeah, it's like, so really in reality, when Satan's telling her this, it caused her to think deeply and go, huh, how is this going to work? How are we going to multiply and replenish the earth um where adam is you know like other men heavenly father said to do this just check the box and that's what i'm doing you know and when it happens it happens and when he wants us to know he'll let us know and the women are like no i really think there's something else we need to do mm-hmm. to minister we need to help them feel the spirit of the lord you know not just go see him once a month or send him a text once a month or whatever, you know? And, and I just, I think it caused Eve to really think deeply. I I really love that definition of beguiled. I wish I could find it. I know I saw it. I can't find it again, but I think it stirred something within her Mm -hmm. that she was prepared to do. That was one of my favorite things coming out of Isaiah decoded and, you know, our studies into Isaiah was the whole uh, descent before ascent type uh, themes and and methods, right? And um, one of my my (laughs) biggest things is now as I'm going through scripture, I'm always trying to identify what laws are being kept and where people are at on the ladder to heaven and um, what their, their descents are. You know, a descent is is a fall, right? And uh, kind of charting out what might have been known and, and what Eve was processing at the time in the garden in order to fall to that extent and what was the outcome of her ascent afterwards. And anyway, it, I loved what Isaiah gave me to further understand Adam and Eve. I think that it's, I mean, it totally changed everything for me. The whole endowment, like, totally did a 180 and uh, just opened my eyes to uh, the greatness. Not that I didn't think that before, but like just, it, it was just really eye-opening to Adam and Eve and, and their, their love story and their, their ultimate sacrifice for us to fall. And I love that they added their testimonies into the endowment found in is it Abraham or Moses? Moses. Um, yeah, I, I remember. Moses. I remember reading it and and writing in my scriptures. This is Eve's testimony. This is like we never hear, and it's right here. And so I loved when that was 
added in and and then also that comparison of adam and eve's men and women where he's thinking about himself (laughs) (laughs) i i i and she's like we 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 you know where just that innateness that's it was the we thought of eve that got her to think deeply and there's more to this not just what i'm doing Mm -hmm. yeah So to kind of shift gears a, a little bit and going back to the very first of this talk, um, I just kind of wanted your, your guys' opinions on verses like one through five-ish, six, I guess. But um, why, why does he insert this story in the beginning? Because, I mean, time is precious at General Conference, right? I mean, they don't have a whole lot of time to be given their discourses, but at the same time, you know, stories help us connect. It's, it's all about that, um, uh, just the word all of a sudden escaped me. It's not hermeticism. What is, anyway, all <laughs> homiletics, homiletics, the study of, of storytelling and, and preaching. Um, but why does he go through this story? What, what might be the deeper meaning behind this? Uh, because I, I just thought this was so interesting. So he says, it's wonderful to be with you. And he's like, perhaps a recent experience will give you a glimpse into how much I feel about you. Why? Why does he want to convey how much he feels about the, the women of the church? And if you listened to the, the talk again, it's, it's very different from what's in the written form that, that comes out later. And so Anyway, I I just found this like so interesting going through this, that he is talking about this, this time in South America and a a pivotal moment in his talk where he says, as a mother of 10 children, I can tell you that, um, anyway, so this misspeaking, the congregation never knew because it was being translated and and the uh, translator assumed that... uh, he was misspeaking, so he, he just corrected it. But my wife, Wendy, heard it, and she was delighted with my Freudian slip. My question is, was it a Freudian slip? And, and what kind of meaning could be behind it? But anyway, in that moment, a deep longing of my heart to make a difference in the world, like only a mother does, bubbled up from my heart. Like, why is he saying this? And... Um, Through the years, whenever I have been asked why I chose to become a medical doctor, my answer has always been the same, because I could not choose to be a mother. And that's super interesting, because like you said, right before that, he goes, I want to make a difference in the world. And yet, hasn't he in his profession made a huge difference in the world? So I had all the same questions as I read this as you did. And it made me think of President Uchtdorf's talk about Great Aunt Rose, right? Like, <laughs> like what, what exactly do they both mean? I don't know. I was wondering the same things. Why? Why did he tell this? Mm-hmm. I, I love that you brought up Great Aunt Rose because, I mean, that's, that's exactly where my mind was going to. It's just so interesting. Why is he starting out with this? And, okay, let's take a step back. What is the, the whole message of this talk? It's about sisters' participation in the gathering of Israel. And to preface all of that, he says, I want you to know how I feel about you. 
why? Why is that important into sisters' participation in gathering Israel? And then he gives us this prophetic plea in verse 19 um, that we need you to, uh, well, that's the wrong wording, but you, you know what I mean, uh, to gather scattered Israel. Here's four invitations where you can start. And you kind of think, well, uh, gathering Israel, I need to get off Facebook to gather Israel. That seems kind of disjointed. Gathering Israel by studying my scriptures. Like, yes and no. I mean, it, it, they all seem to be kind of a little bit paradoxical. And I mean, temple, obviously, uh, that and participating in Relief Society, gathering scattered Israel. But it, some of the paradoxes in this talk, I think, are just so interesting to like really ponder and, and study. But anyway. <laughs> but I think as we've gotten off of social media and studied our scriptures more and attended the temple, then we've been taught more mm -hmm. and able to be used more in gathering Israel. It's been really interesting. I've been read to, led to some really interesting books that I've been reading outside of class. <laughs> and learning more, I know, learning more and more about how to gather Israel. It's been really interesting. I told you about this book and I know this is controversial, but the LDS approach to energy healing, didn't know what I was ordering, but look right there, Avraham Gileadi wrote about it. Mm -hmm. Then he wrote a huge, on the inside, a huge other thing and said, what did he, was it here? Tamara Lang is all about the processes needed to establish Zion before the coming of our Lord and Savior. And I'm like, that's interesting. Energy healing. Um, and the whole book is scriptures, prophet, prophets, and apostles, the whole book, but half or more about energy healing. And so I've had this thing. I'm like, that's interesting because they just came out and said, no, no energy healing. And I just... I've been thinking about it and I wonder if the difference is, is she's like, you can do this on your own. You don't need a practitioner where I'm wondering if the brethren were coming out saying, quit paying for Christ. That's priestcraft, yeah. but healing with Christ. That's also energy healing. You can do that on your own. Right. And that's kind of what she was teaching, but I thought it was interesting because then on the inside and she quotes Avraham a lot about gathering Israel. Mm -hmm. and how to do that and so it's it's been kind of interesting and I didn't even know I don't even know why I ordered that book or how I even got led to I like I ordered four books at one time one of them was Becoming Kings and Queens by uh -huh. Avraham the other one was idol what is it idolatry in the last day it's just a really thin one this one and I can't remember what the other one was but um, I read Becoming Kings and Queens and this one on the cruise last week and it was kind of weird because they kind of went hand in hand. Yeah. They're much hand in hand. And she talks a lot about clearing generational lines and healing your family. And I'm like, isn't that gathering Israel? And I remembered there's a talk. Maybe you guys, because I, you know, I kind of remember somebody gave a talk and I never remember who or when or anything, but talking about that I think it maybe it was Elder Bednar as we do family history we will clear generational lines mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And so it's just, it's just been kind of interesting. And anyway, I just wanted to share that with you that it was interesting. I got this book and I'm like, why would I order this? And then when I flipped it over and saw that Avraham Gileadi recommended it, I'm like, oh, well, maybe that wasn't me. Maybe the spirit was really leading me to something that I needed to learn. So I don't know. I really like that um, book too. It's a really good book. Do you have it? It's really Oh good. yeah. Oh yeah. It's a really good book, but yeah, it's going to be a stretch for a lot of people, but I feel like just like with everything you have to pray about it. And I, and I think Tom McLaughlin talk, talks about the exact same thing. Like we're finding so many connections that all lead to the same things. And so yeah, I mean, for some people, they're going to say, no, that's not in the handbook or whatever, but you have to realize too, they said, you know, don't pay a lot of money for some, I don't remember how it's worded, like you said. Um, anyway, I totally agree with everything you said. I really liked that book. And it's been kind of a difficult journey for those of us who have been a little bit into that, um, that world. But um, yeah, it was good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, oh, go ahead. <laughs> um, well, I was just gonna say a couple of things I've done. I've actually worked with some practitioners on energy healing on my own. Healed a lot of heavy stuff that was on through my mom's line. Some really heavy stuff, and so. I've cleared it and I've got my mom and her mom and my great grandmother present and grateful that I'm clearing the line. So I've had some sacred experiences that way. And um, I've had um, people help me do that because they're, um, they've received a lot of information about how to do it. And I make sure that it's all in the light and then we all, it's all about Christ and the, the atonement. So he's atoning sacrifice. So, um, I just love it. And I'm, I just bought that book on Amazon. I'm excited to read it. <laughs> Alethea. Um, it was really, really good. It was really good. I also want to say, um, that Cameron, you're wondering why she, he mentioned that story. And the first thing that came to mind for me was, uh, and when I was in the uh, state and women's presidency a few years ago, uh, not the men that were supposed to be working with us were very oppressive and patronizing. And there's still a lot of that in the church. Yeah. Um, there and is I think a lot. The, the prophet is trying to say, he's trying to get the message across that th this work cannot be done unless men and women do it together and they have to be a team and they have to listen and they have to work together. And he, I think he starts with that story so that he, he is speaking to us. We know what he, in our, he is in saying. Our yeah. Yes. He is saying to us, I know you have felt demeaned and demoralized, mm -hmm. not listened to, and I'm telling you, that is not God's way. And I just, that's what, that to me, that's what that story is saying. Thank you. That's what I was I thinking. I totally agree. <laughs> also, I think too, that he had nine daughters. I think, I think, I think the Lord prepared him to 
women the way he does he he you can feel it the way he talks and the that he does cherish us which we haven't felt cherished very much like I, to be really no. honest like no. i haven't felt very cherished in a couple words <laughs> no and no. so like i did feel that sincere love and then another thing about that book i just want to testify to all of you that book and energy real healing has done like almost saved my marriage like what two books hearing so much from my husband's line so mm. so much work and all through mm. christ and all in a good way and all mm. and through my line um and like you, ha you have to testify. decide what yeah you just have to decide you hear the what what the lord wants you to do and what feels right to you but i've taken it I took it all to the temple and when that came out in the handbook i just took it all to the temple and i the lds approach that's what i'm talking about alicia oh okay um, I thought you said there were two books oh sorry i'm just saying that when that that came out in the handbook mm -hmm. i took it all to the temple i went through a ceremony and then i went um into i sat in the celestial room and i'm only telling you this because i feel like this is a safe group Cause I feel like I know all of you, like, I actually feel like you're my family, but anyway, um, I just said to Heavenly Father, I will never, ever do this again. If you don't want me to do energy work, I will never, ever do it again. And I just sat there and I waited and waited and I got the craziest answer. He just said, you need to know the chakras. You need to know all, everything about it. And mm -hmm. What? I love that. That is not what I was expecting. Why would you want me to learn the chakras? Like that is crazy. <laughs> that is insane. It made no sense to me. I left going, what in the heck was that? And then I just like, has to be a little bit of truth to it. There, ha It's our, the way our bodies are made. I don't think we know all the answers, but um, I just want to tell you that I've had revelation for me that there's some really good things that come from it. Mm -hmm. Is it for everybody? I don't think so. Um, there are some really, there's some truth in it and there's science in it and there's, there's a lot of good things and, and, but there can be a lot of bad too. And so you just mm -hmm. have to know, you have to make sure it's Christ centered. I felt like her approach was very Christ centered and I loved that she was like, you can do this yourself. You don't have to pay for it. Mm -hmm. Can I put right. in a little plug for that too? Because um, I, it was uh, probably about two and a half years ago that I started to get into some energy healing. And um, at first I was really nervous about it because of the stigma behind it. And I really had a wrestle with Satan on, <laughs> on whether I should or not. And, and like Kathy, I had an probably the most spiritual experience I've ever had in my life in, in the temple over trying to get answers from the Lord, whether this is for me or not. And, and I can testify that, you know, it may not be for everyone, but it is for some people. And if you use it correctly and use it to further Christ's work, and, and Heavenly Father's work, that it can be such a powerful tool. Um, it really, it really can. It has strengthened my testimony a hundredfold. 
just getting into it. And so when that came out in the handbook too, it didn't really even phase me because I knew the answer that I had gotten from Heavenly Father and that it was something that he said was good for me to, to be doing. And, and like I said, it has helped my testimony grow like nothing else. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I, I testify that it can be a really good thing if we make sure that we keep Christ at the forefront. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Satan's counterfeit is very tricky, right? And right. so that balance and that learning thing is is very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's go ahead with Stefan. Yeah, I was just gonna say I can't help but to think that um, knowing where his current wife Wendy came from, and the many years that she spent in the industry, hearing all these stories. And quite frankly, probably a lot of stories of women being beat up, right? Uh, that she's had an incredible effect on him in seeing from a different set of eyes, a new set of eyes, um, exactly what, what is going on in the world that sometimes um, only certain people see. And I think she's one of those that sees that. Mm -hmm. Wow. I've never thought of that. That yeah, is so true. Isn't it amazing how the whole story is put together with those two? And looking at uh, President Nelson and Dansel's marriage and, and analyzing it compared to his marriage with Wendy, I mean, there are just so many cool insights and they're just like this model couple. I mean, yes, they have their, their little eccentricities and, and things or whatever, but um, they're there's so much love and, and things that are complimentary. Like Wendy has brought so much into to President Nelson's uh, frame and, and perspective and, and everything. So yeah, I think that both of them are, are very much written all over the, this talk here. And I think her having been single for so long, she's a very strong woman, Yeah, <laughs> you know? And so he's, I don't know. I think that adds a lot to it also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Strong, but yet very compassionate. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Like the mighty Mississippi, right? We flow, but we can be <laughs> very powerful. <laughs> yes. Soft and gentle and cooling, and then we'll knock you over if we need to. <laughs> I've never thought about the Mississippi being compassionate, but okay. <laughs> well, compassion, it cools you off. It's the transportation. It gives you what you need, right? So. You've opened my eyes. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> okay, so I didn't realize what time it was, but um, I wanted to, to share just kind of a quick uh, brief thing of what uh, my study in uh, this talk was was going towards. So let's look at President Nelson really quick. What happened in his first year? So he reorganizes the priesthood quorums and calls them to action. Uh, the ministering is higher and holier. He musters the youth battalion, and then he takes a worldwide tour and calls it a hinge point. Uh, restructures the two-hour block for home-centered uh, church and church-supported. He calls the sisters to action like we read about tonight. Uh, the correct name of the church, 
And then he changes the temple ordinances and announces pioneer temple renovations. Um, so. How well are we doing on all these things? things? <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, you know, I'm the nerd that likes to pull in chiasms and all of that kind of stuff, right? And so I... I did this chart because it was just screaming the Hezekiah story to me. And so taking a look at this, do we see any uh, patterns that, that are flowing? Sorry, let me just resize this that can be bigger. Just a second. Okay, is that, <laughs> my computer's like freaking out. Is that better where you can see like Hezekiah versus President Nelson? Yes, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So first year, does any of this look similar? Hezekiah yes. first yeah. sanctifies mm -hmm. the priests. He cleanses mm -hmm. the people. He consecrates all of the people, including the women. He tours the mm -hmm. kingdom. And then he to show their gratefulness and to prepare them for the future because he kind of knows what's heading their way because the Assyrians have already taken over the, the Northern tribes. So I, I tell you, I've done a, a study on president Nelson versus Hezekiah for a long time. And it's, it's just always amazing to me how much their presidencies are matching so well. Other than the fact that Hezekiah is really young and President Nelson's pretty old, but uh, I, I have my opinions on that too. So after the first year, he uh, initiates this big Passover. They hadn't had Passover for a long time. And the Feast of Unleavened Bread and calls for unity between the kingdoms, what's left of them. And uh, it kind of mirrors our, our April 2019 conference that we'll talk about next time. And then the enemy does their first attack on Samaria, and then a second attack on the fence cities of Judah, the third attack on Jerusalem. And then there is a mighty intercession that has to happen. Anybody that's been with us with Isaiah decoded, right? We kind of talked about the, the Hezekiah story and what a Davidic covenant looks like. And if we're following Hezekiah's story in comparison to President Nelson's, it fits exactly with the Hosanna shout, which is a Davidic covenant and the restoration proclamation that flows from it. And uh, anyway, it's just so interesting because I hadn't tied in um, this talk that we studied tonight, the sister's call to action in there before, but it, it totally fits in with mm -hmm. Hezekiah's consecrating the people which I hadn't uh, put together yet. And anyway, it's just an amazing uh, kind of a side study of if you want to know President Nelson, you study Hezekiah. And if you want to understand Hezekiah, you study President Nelson. They're, they're very much companion prophets in how the Lord has prepared them and um, is leading and guiding them through the the saving of their people. Uh, anyway, I, I think it's very interesting. And I can share you that uh, chart or the, the deep study that I've done. It's a, a whole Google doc on, on the Hezekiah story and comparing it with President Nelson. It goes in depth in each of the things, but I, <laughs> it wasn't open to me until um, 
taking a look at the first few verses of this sister's participation talk that um, really kind of opened my, my mind to it. And we've, we've talked about it extensively with, with energy healing and, and the kind of mother bear role that we uh, experience through the women in the church. And here um, it is an example of that. Uh, men have their role, women have their role, but nothing gets done unless we work together. And that's what we see with the Hezekiah story and with the President Nelson story. Anyway, I found that just very interesting, throwing that out there in like the nerd realm, if you want to like deep dive into that. Um, it, it's a fun one to, to really compare those two stories. That's super interesting. Thank you for sharing that, Cameron. Yeah. Do you um, Have you ever thought about Hezekiah's tunnel and why he did that and what that has to do with our day and age? Sorry, it kind of cut out there for me on. <clears throat> yeah, have you ever heard about um, compared Hezekiah's tunnel as to what that's, you know, is like in our day? Yeah. And so <laughs> um, it's kind of interesting. What was one of the major images that, that come out from a conference last, uh, just this last conference? It's him standing in a tunnel and uh, looking reflectively uh, upon the, the construction progress of the Salt Lake Temple and um, the future plans that, that are there. I, I, I found it very interesting comparing Hezekiah's tunnel to um, some of these renovations and the living water principles that are coming through the, the Salt Lake uh, renovations. That's just my opinion, I don't know, but one of the thoughts I had just as you were talking about this was, you know, he built the tunnel so they could actually survive in Jerusalem, right? And not have to go outside and get murdered outside the city walls, right? And I'm wondering, you know, about what President Nelson has done in making sure that we do everything in the families and strengthen ourselves and our family units and not go outside into the world and listen to social media or listen to everything that's happening and get murdered out there, right? Mm -hmm. Wow, that's good. Yeah. That's it's, awesome. Maybe some interesting parallels and, and things coming in the future for sure. I'm wondering um, what's gonna happen this conference since we did away with the women and the priesthood session and now we're back after one session to the sisters. The women's session. Yep, exactly. I think it's going to be very interesting to, to see how that plays out. Because it could just be nothing. You never know. You know, it feels like nothing. And then you do a deep dive and you go, oh, that really was something. <laughs> yeah, that is true. It was very interesting with like the whole hear him and the Hosanna shout and the restoration proclamation at the time. I'm like, this doesn't happen all the time. Like, what are we doing? And I didn't understand the full scope of it until much later. And then I was like, Whoa, <laughs> that was way more than, than I was even assuming it was at the time. Uh, President Nelson is so key in following the spirit. You know, I, we, we have many different stories and then, uh, anecdotal things throughout his his life and ministry but he is so in tune with heaven and is acting on all the promptings that are given to him and everything uh so if you study his life you'll find christ's patterns 
And so I think that that's so telling coming up for the future of like, what, what does this have to do with, um, but I'm, I'm specifically referring to that, that women's session that's coming up this conference. Like, what, how does that play out? What does it look like? Where, where do we go? But I'm so grateful to kind of have my eyes opened these past couple conferences of like, now I'm looking for certain things instead of just kind of sitting there and mm -hmm. like trying to analyze it after the fact, I'm trying to more analyze it in real time. And like, what, what are we, what are we talking about here? <laughs> it's been kind of fun that way. Right. But yeah, hopefully everyone had a chance to read the, the other talks in this conference again, because, uh, you know, group A and B uh, thoroughly covered those ones. It was so fun to go back through the correct name of the church and uh, the opening remarks and becoming exemplary Latter-day Saints. I mean, these are some, this was a powerhouse conference uh, for all of the speakers, but President Nelson was just like, boom, boom, boom. And and the importance of these things in our rearview mirror of like, wow, he was so prophetic and preparing the people for what was was just ahead of them kind of thing. I remember when this conference finished. No, maybe it was April conference. It was April, sorry, not October, because it was his first conference. And I just looked at my husband afterwards and said, this is what I've been waiting for all my life. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had October's conference and it was like, wow, you know, and then we did the Hosanna shout and it's just like one after another, after another, like, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how many people, apostles, Wendy, you know, people around him and stuff have always testified since he's become a prophet that he was foreordained for this. This is, this is monumental. Like you just said, Alethea, like, this is what I've been waiting for kind of thing. <laughs> all been waiting for it not to keep plugging this book but foreordinations like <laughs> the doctrine of foreordination is such a powerful principle and when we kind of get a glimpse into what our own foreordinations entail and may be kind of a thing i think we'll we'll start seeing ourselves as god sees us and um i think that that's just such a, a fun process but it is a very individual process too, right? Like you have to go to the Lord himself. It's not going to be given you over the pulpit or yep. in a general sense, because the Lord wants to tell you how he feels about you. Just like mm -hmm. President Nelson here was doing it in a general sense to a general audience of, of the women of the church. And he's pointing to the savior going, now go and find how god thinks about you what what does christ feel about you and and you'll start realizing those same things coming and flooding into your life like like these principles in in this talk mm -hmm. that's awesome thanks cameron very good what's the talk next time All right, so we are in April 2019, and Group C is We Can Do Better and Be Better, which I believe is from the priesthood session. Yes, it's the priesthood session, yeah. Wow, you just gave us some always the best talks. Thanks, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to, like, mix them up so it wasn't always, like, 
group A always gets the first one, group B always gets the second one. I tried to mix them up, but <laughs> it really does kind of come down to group C. We're doing some of the funnest ones. Um, you didn't give us spiritual treasures next time, the time after. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I'm trying to find it really quick. Just a second. Oh, I found it. 61. 61. 61. Okay. I, <laughs> I was already past it, and I was like, holy cow, I jumped ahead. So, yeah, chapter 23, page 61. But you did give us hear him, so okay, you've redeemed yourself. But you did give us hear him, so okay, you've redeemed yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are some some really fun ones. <laughs> President Nelson's talks are just so fun to go through. Uh, this last time, in on last week, I really was deep diving and doing the chiastic patterns, and then this week I choose different things. Um, you know, that, that worksheet that I sent out, I try to do something different each time of like just one kind of deep dive. Cause there's just almost not time to do all of those bullet points, <laughs> but I'm trying to like choose one and like run with it. And, uh, anyway, it's been so fun actually deep diving, uh, and reflecting on, on these previous talks. If this isn't building your testimony in President Nelson, I don't know what will, because I just have learned to, to love him on deeper and deeper levels yeah. that I go through his talks and realize that he is the prophet foreordained for this time. And it helps me navigate the, the back and forth that we hear on social media or the world or whatever precepts that, that come our way. I, I can go back to my testimony and go, I know that President Nelson is called of God. Like, yep. I know. Amen. It's been totally. so, staying rooted. You know, as I sent out this, this book, um, not necessarily to, to our group, but anybody that wanted to on that one mailing list, um, you'd be surprised how many people came back and was like, please don't send me anymore. You know, I've left the church. I don't agree with President Nelson anymore. Really? Like, oh. heart breaks i'm like <laughs> if you would just oh. read some of these words i think you would oh. i mean this is the exact thing that that would bring you closer to him and stuff and so i think it was kind of like an inspired project to like help people For sure president nelson in, in different ways it sure has helped me this year just Mm -hmm. staying positive and staying off of the news and staying off i haven't had time to yeah. follow all the i mean i don't really even know what's going on and i really don't even care because there's not much i can do about it i mean i do care but just yeah there's so many awesome things to study and focus on positive and mm -hmm. it's just so much better than focusing on the negative and and there have been challenges mm -hmm. but yeah, and i've been able to like face them with greater faith and foreknowledge yeah because I can see like more of the overarching plan of, of what's happening and like, oh, I, I'm more at peace with all of the turmoil and stuff and I don't get marred down by it like I usually used to do. Me too. Me too. So thankful. It's a great group. Yeah, but you're a great moderator. You have great questions. Not always. <laughs> My what was that? Times are a little hard. You start out a little swift sometimes, but out the gate, he's a little. Uh, Wasn't Isaiah Dakota awesome. last Saturday? No, uh, the Saturday before that or whatever. I started off so rocky, and I'm like, oh my gosh, these guys. <laughs> you just have a stump for a few minutes. 
sometimes <laughs> once in a while I I don't know what happens but I think it's a pride thing and I just you, like, awesome. you do awesome <laughs> but um any other things the nice thing the nice thing is you always have an answer to your own questions <laughs> <laughs> so if nobody answers at least you have an answer <laughs> yeah i just can't think of anybody who could take the time to study these thoughts how they could not have the witness that he is the prophet mm -hmm. it's, it's just so overwhelming yeah mm -hmm. i agree i think there's a lot of people that are not happy with president nelson and i'm really surprised here in utah absolutely it's not really really yeah. well a lot of people wanted to say more and then other people wanted to say less and a lot of people want more guidance than they're saying and other people want them to stay out of it so it's like mm -hmm. you know what he can't win <laughs> yeah he can't win and i just love him for what he is he's our prophet and yeah. we're not always going to be happy about every little move and, and it's not going to get any better so it's like we're yeah. all just going to hunker down and just keep studying <laughs> exactly that's the key the ones mm -hmm. i've seen they are even questioning his authority and it's like why like what i know it's, it's a crazy trend right now that's just like okay we're back on that <laughs> It's just the, the great apostasy that Isaiah saw. Yeah. Did anyone listen to the California conference? I didn't hear it yet. Oh, okay. I've seen yeah, it. It was interesting. His wife said something about how he has revelation, um, not just for now or the next few years, it's for 50 years out, she said. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Don't yeah. say it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I hope that's into the millennium. Not, Me too. Not, Me too. Fifty more years. If we're here for fifty more years, oh dear. I know. I was like, oh, we'll hey. deep I, trouble. There's no question in my mind that he has been like some of the prophets we've studied and have seen the end of times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah, when Wendy said that or whatever, I was just like interesting that you would even say this and like uh, in this setting too you know like uh, to the the californians and and everything um but that president nelson comes home and he's like you won't believe what we were talking about and are implementing and she's like oh great when can i see it oh it, you know it's probably a good 50 years off or whatever <laughs> she's like what <laughs> i thought that was just so interesting and uh, looking at that in context well, Cameron, we've already seen um, things that are out further than 50 years with the getting the public temple ready for the millennium. Mm -hmm. You know, she's probably just talking about those kind of things, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah, some of those things that, that come to full fruition later, but we're starting them now and, and getting going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that what you mean? Like, like we're preparing it now and then that... I'm totally lost now. I'm totally confused. <laughs> well, go and watch that, and then we'll see what you think your interpretation of it is. <laughs> your mom's right. <laughs> um, 
so um just like two things the retreat if anybody was coming to that there are little slight modifications i have posted those on the facebook group i i'll update them on the actual learning zion tonight so we're doing the the march one a little bit differently and then canceling the april one and we're going to reschedule that for the the summertime uh because looking at the calendars it actually didn't work for a lot of people and so um we're going to be doing something in the summertime and more details on that to come uh we're going to kind of do this march one with um more of a, a smaller crowd and working out some kinks and so that when we do do like a full-on retreat with everyone that uh we can kind of <laughs> not have the the big learning curve on that um and then also, I had a question on you had us going to the temple. Um, like when I go to sign in to go to the temple, it only lets me sign in to go to Dallas to make an appointment in Dallas. So I'm wondering how that would work. So are you coming to the March one? No, because I actually have a conference that weekend in Smithfield. Gotcha. So I won't be able to go. But I did, when you first posted it, I was like, how would we go to the temple? Because like I go up to Rexburg and I wanna go with my kids. I haven't been with my missionary, return missionary, but I can't, I can't get an appointment in Rexburg. Hmm. Yeah, cause if you, uh, there's a button that says select a different temple and you and can I, that and uh, reserve I'm it. I'm only given the Dallas temple. Hmm. Yeah, cause I can schedule anywhere. I've, I've went to different ones. So it might have to do with your location. It maybe. maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I would experiment around with it. Okay. But um, anyway, in, yeah, logistics, it doesn't quite work out with, especially as we do like a bigger crowd and stuff. But with this littler one, um, I scheduled a ceiling session and, and booked it for four females, four males. And so we're just kind of having like a, a small, one where we can all kind of get together. But um, if we do end up trying to do one in the, a bigger sense, we'll, we'll figure that out in, in the future. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll kind of cross that one when we, when we get to it. But hopefully the temples are just back open and we don't have to deal with it, right? I know. <laughs> the CDC got rid of the mask mandate. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it works. Um, and then uh anybody that's interested in four ordinations the book is not published well i mean it's not available for purchase they don't have any more copies but i do have the audios on learning zion we're having our first first book club on it this saturday uh, we'll probably do like maybe four book clubs uh, throughout the year um and just kind of do smaller modified book clubs on it so we're doing chapters one through 17 if anybody wants to listen to it and, you know, kind of like Kathy was saying, you know, it might not be for, for everyone. Uh, there's definitely some different ideas and perspectives in it, um, but we're just taking it as a book club. We're not trying to like push any certain agenda or energy healing and all of that kind of stuff that's that's contained in there. Um, but just reading that book, it was a interesting one for, for lots of people. And so it was recommended where we're kind of taking that on. But um, anyway, chapter- Hey Cameron, who's the author of that book? Robert J. Charlton, which the more people I ask, it seems like it's a pseudonym rather than his actual pen name, but I don't know. If anybody oh. knows this Robert, I would love to to know if it is a pen name or not. Hey, so I just went on the site and um, to make an appointment up in Idaho Falls and it's letting me. Mm -hmm. okay, good. 
I'm going to go look, I'm going to go look at Dallas. I'm wondering if like Idaho people can do Idaho temples. Well, I'm in Utah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I can do any states either or as well. You can? Mm -hmm. So maybe they've changed that just recently. Mm -hmm. I think it's just for Texans. Stay down there. I think they're state. <laughs> we love you, Alicia. <laughs> okay, let's see. I'm pulling mine up. Okay. You, you need to talk to your state president. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> your account locked up. <laughs> Got to keep an eye on her. <laughs> They're saying, no, keep her in the nursery. Okay, I'm pulling mine up to see. Now you guys have me curious because we're going up to our son's graduation April 7th. Maybe I can finally go to the temple with my kids. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It would be awesome. And it'll be so much better in a couple of years when they have the other Rexburg temple open and then <laughs> you'll have two chances to get at it. Okay, what's your temple is what, Twin Falls? Yeah, mine is Twin Falls. For this um, first one, we're actually gonna be doing Brigham City is where our ceilings are at. Okay, Brigham City comes up, but Twin Falls, is that really what it's called? Yeah, mine is the, the Twin Falls Temple. That's the one I go to all the time. So I typed in twin and it, it says immediately, there's no matches found for your search. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't Temple. have Twin Falls either in mine. <laughs> I have Idaho Falls, but not Twin Falls. <laughs> The selective of who gets to go to that one. It, is it Jerome? No, I'm pretty sure it's Twin Falls. I put Idaho in and it's Boise, Idaho Falls, Meridian, Pocatello, and Rexburg come up. Oh, what? <laughs> that is you go to a temple not, that doesn't exist. Yeah. There was a time though where when I would put Rexburg in and other temples, it, nothing, it wouldn't come up. But the weird thing was it had like four out, like the what is it stockholm sweden temple would come up like the tongan temple would come up for me it was weird it was really far away temples out of the country but i couldn't do one in rexburg it would not come up at all huh so like i'm it just selects my twin falls temple as my default one but when i click to tr select a different temple when i do a search it doesn't come up yeah, it doesn't. Come I mean, it's there. <laughs> I'm going tomorrow. I'll let y'all know if it's still standing. You should talk to them and let them know that and ask them yeah. if others have the same problem because it doesn't come up for me either. Huh. That's so when you weird. select, let's see. Yeah, well, when I type right in Idaho, everyone comes up with Twin Falls. Yeah. That's so interesting. So, so I found I found the Twin Falls Idaho Temple. I just put the list of temples, all the temples, and it's in that list. Yeah, so if you go back a page where, like if you clicked on serve and then temples in the main menu, and then you click on the icon that says the temple list, um, it, it's on there. Hey, Cameron, did you say that you were going to the Brigham City Temple? Uh -huh, yeah, so for our um, retreat on March, when is that? March 18th. Okay. Uh, we're going to do ceilings in Brigham City. Awesome. 
do you know what time? Because I can't come to the retreat, but I do live in Brigham City. Uh, yes, let me pull it up really quick. What my You're saying the list, if you pull up the list, it comes up for you? Yes. Not it's the searchable list, but the list that lists all of the temples on it. How do you right. find that? Different web page. So if you click, Sir. if in your main menu at the very top of the, the page, you click serve and then temples. Oh, and in the search bar? Um, yeah, in the search bar, there's going to be serve and then temples. And then once you're on that page, it has lots of different buttons. There's appointments, it has your local one, and then the temple list. You want to click on that temple list button. Okay, I'm looking for where that's at. Yeah, that comes up for me too. So serve and then temples. And then once you're here, this middle temple list button, and then you would scroll down. Sorry if that's fast. To Twin Falls. And then click on it, then what happens? Um, taking me to it and it comes to the the twin falls oh, you can do appointments okay so now i just have to find the list of temples mm -hmm. um so let me find out what this brigham one is i was super glad when they opened it up so that you could reserve more than one thing now like so that I could go and make a regular appointment in the temple, you know, let's so I do endowments every Thursday at seven. Yes, I just found Twin Falls. That's awesome. Complete the ordinance before you could schedule. Yes, I just found Twin Falls. That's awesome. I think Twin Falls is trying to keep it a well-hidden secret. <laughs> I think Twin Falls is trying to keep it a... <laughs> is echoing oh boy it's oh. <laughs> oh, so annoying <laughs> everything is echoing oh boy it's <laughs> oh, so annoying oh no sorry <laughs> how did the reset at midnight as far as echoing or is it still going crazy how did the reset at midnight go? Yeah. All right. So Brigham City, Utah is March 18th at 1.45 p.m. So, I mean, it, it is kind of limited. So I'll, I'll be asking all of those that, that uh, come to like RSVP with me so that we make sure that we don't like overload. But I think we have four male and four female appointments for that ceiling session. But, you know, I mean, we could, if you do like initiatories, we can kind of meet up afterwards. So we're doing um, a, a temple session at 145 and then going to Maddox afterward to eat. Best place ever. Yeah. All right, any other questions or anything before we head out for the night? Yeah, on your poll to, if the times are working right, it sure would be nice to have a group that maybe met a little earlier. 
Yeah, there's been a few that have requested earlier. Uh, so I know that that Wednesdays 9pm is is the only thing available for for lots of people. But if we do need to, to pull up another time, like let's uh, anyway, message me um, like your ideal schedule or, you know, different times that might be able to work for you. Uh, and we can try to like revamp and stuff because I mean, we want to make sure that everybody is included and <laughs> not having to uh, stay up way past their bedtime to uh, just pay attention to these, but, um, or participate in these, sorry. I don't mind. I don't mind like just an hour earlier, any night Sundays are just hard. Cause that's when we do the come follow me with our kids. We zoom in. Yeah, for sure. So if we did do a Wednesday at 8 PM instead, I mean, not instead, but in addition to, yeah. we just created another group. We could end up doing that. So we just have like two groups like back to back yeah are there are there enough of us i think there's several of us in this group yeah it's possible um that are on central time i don't know how many of us though sure. except that i'd miss all of you i know that's the thing about like splitting up but i know if it needs to happen we might have to do it but Cameron, if you go at uh, eight o'clock, then your eight o'clock session is going to run halfway through your nine o'clock session. <laughs> yeah, we might have to limit it back down to an hour and enforce that, right? <laughs> then, then we'll just merge the two groups. We'll get to meet together for a little bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep, have some overlap. Yeah, it'd be kind of interesting to, to see how that play out and everything, but. At about 8.30. 8.30 would be even, that would be fine. Nine is just really. I mean, that's 10 o'clock for me. So now it's 1145 and then I get up early. So, I mean, is anyone like totally left out if we do move it, like just move this one up half an hour to the 830? Would that put anyone out? We've got young women's and stuff going on, but I can get in later if we need to. So mm -hmm. whatever. That's right on Wednesdays is young women's. Yeah, it's a hard one. Dang it. But, you know, there's always that option, too. If you do come late, that you can go back and watch the, the session once it's recorded and, and catch that first half hour or something like that, maybe. But for those that, that 9 o'clock is really hard on a different time zone, mm -hmm. uh, all opposed. <laughs> you know, I want to make it work for everybody, but um, is there anyone, if... And, you know, if you don't want to, like, speak up either, that's fine. Message me and stuff. But um, let's keep it at 9 o'clock for next week. But uh, give me a week and uh, anybody message me if you are opposed to, like, the 8.30 thing that it just wouldn't work for you. Um, and then we can kind of roll from there. So next week, same. But uh, announcing next week what we actually decide to do, if that, that works for everyone. Because even for you guys on Mountain Time, this is already almost 11 o'clock. So yeah, <laughs> I don't mind going later. I don't. But mm -hmm. it would just be nice to even, yeah, even half an hour would be great. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Well, we will see everyone next week for well, whatever talk that was. <laughs> that we, <laughs> Page so. 61, right, Kathy? Yep. Yep. Okay.
Yep, and see anybody on Saturday. Some of you I'll see twice on Saturday. Isaiah decoded and Ford. <laughs> Are you doing Isaiah decoded again? Uh, yeah, so me and my mom moderate an Isaiah decoded class for the Isaiah Institute. So it's it's through their website and everything. Um, but yeah, we, we just started in uh, last part of January, so we just barely got to chapter two. We're taking it a lot slower, so we're we're covering Isaiah decoded in a whole year's time instead of the fast pace that we went through it as as a book club, really, like a chapter a week. What time Saturday? I know. Uh huh. So the Isaiah Institute one um, is nine a.m. Mountain Standard Time every every single Saturday, um, and then you know every once in a while we'll pop on and, and do one of these four ordinations. You know, like I said, it might be like once a quarter that we do the four ordination one at, at 1030 on Saturdays, just after the Isaiah Decoded one. But if you are interested in the Isaiah Decoded um, group with, with me and my mom, if you would email, I'm typing this in the chat, uh, Sandra at Isaiah in, <laughs> I can't talk and type at the same time, sorry. Institute.com. If you will email her and say that you want to be a part of the Saturday 9 a.m. group with Cameron and Darlene, um, she'll get you added in and uh, she'll send you the links and, and all that kind of stuff. I'm in the Tuesday group at, I think, wait, is it 7 p.m.? And I've really enjoyed going through it just like 10 pages at a time. Yeah, yeah, I would like it's that. It's sinking in a lot better than, than the first. Yeah. 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 So the Isaiah Institute has lots of different groups open. Um, so there's Isaiah Decoded, there's the um, Apocalyptic Commentary, and there's Isaiah Made Simple. Those are the three book clubs right now. And all of them are either at Tuesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time or Saturdays at 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And there's lots of different various moderators and stuff. So what did you say we tell Sandra we just want to join the Isaiah Decoded group? Uh -huh. Isaiah Decoded at 9 a.m. with Cameron and Darlene. I, I, I think it's group eight, if I'm not mistaken. Let me find it really quick. Yeah, group eight. Hey, thanks. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. There's lots of meeting new people like in group eight, because it is on Saturday morning, we have people across the pond, we have a couple from um, UK, we have some from South Africa, we have some from Australia. I mean, it's just such a fun, diverse group. Uh, we have one from, um, where is she, Finland, Norway, something like that. Um, I think it's Finland. Um, anyway, lots of different people, lots of different perspectives. Um, uh, it's just so fun and, and going through it at a, a slower pace. And then Avraham Iliadi does a quarterly Q&A. Yeah, we just barely got done with the, the Q&A. So it's only four group participants. Um, but you can get on that, that quarterly call with him and ask any questions that you want. Oh, so he'll go to his own book club, but he won't come to ours. 
Yeah, <laughs> I tried my hardest, but I don't have that great of rapport with him yet. So I'm like, <laughs> gotta get in this way, and then he'll get to know me, and then I'll be like, hey, you should have come to our book club. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's so fun. Well, I think Chelsea wants it to be at 8 32 because she said she fell asleep and woke up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's back in Missouri, I believe, right? Yeah, and so are her parents, right? Yeah. So maybe we just change it right now if, if everybody's okay with it. Uh, we'll just, okay, so <laughs> revamping what I'm saying. <laughs> I should go back and edit out that one part. But uh, next week, 8.30 on Wednesdays from now on, and we'll try it out, see how it works. And if we do need to change back, we could do that. But um, yeah, sounds good. Yay. Hey, Great. Cindy, just get everyone in Mutual to join in with you. Yeah. <laughs> Come listen to a prophet's voice. Yeah. Uh, we're not doing like any kind of strange books. We're, we're just diving in prison <laughs> Um, I, Cindy, that'll be better for teaching seminary too. She's still here. I think she logged off. She logged off. That's because no. she has seminary and it's so late. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure she'll be excited too yeah all right are you gonna send out a little email or something uh yeah and then um when i send out those text reminders and stuff i'll update the time on those as well okay awesome so it's thank you yep yep we will see everyone next week okay, okay. Good night. Good night. see you guys bye bye, bye.